Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello and welcome to Killer Queens, a true crime podcast. I'm your host, Torella. And I'm your better, prettier, younger host, Tori. We're sisters who are obsessed with true crime and love gal palin with you about cases. You can expect the occasional curse word, lots of friends quotes, and all the 90s nostalgia. To get in on the conversation, check us out at KillerQueensPodcast.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at KillerQueensPodcast. And we're on YouTube at KillerQueens, a true crime podcast. Okay, y'all, grab your Capri Suns or your Surge and let's talk about some true crime. Holy moly, welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. I guess I just have one question. Okay. What the, what the fuck is going on in Bardstown? I have no idea, to be honest with you. It makes me concerned, though. I feel very concerned. I feel concerned and worried. Oh, yeah. Lots of worry. So, um, welcome back to Killer Queens. If you've never been here, um, we just, you've been indoctrinated. I mean, this is a crazy case. It really is. And it is a lengthy bitch. It's a lengthy one. It's probably going to be like a three-parter, just FYI. So, if you're just now joining us and you you don't want three weeks of Bardstown, just we let you know. Sit this one out. Yeah. Go back. If you do want to hang out with us on it, you know what I have to say about that? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Okay. (laughs) There we are. So we're going to say some thanks to people for requesting this case. Um, Sarah Spaulding, of course. Danny Tomlin. Alex Lewis. Kaylee Joe Johnson. Ryan Carmichael. Stephanie. Brittany Turney. Melanie Petty. Sarah and Leslie Jones. I mean, this was like our top requested after Columbine. Columbine was up there. Yeah. This was like a huge one. It The list of people requesting it is almost as long as the case itself. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we will jump into the case here in just a moment before we get started. As always, we just want to remind you we have got our Patreon page if you want extra eps that's we in the biz call it <laughs> um you know lots more stuff there and we also have another show called oh snapped where we do episode by episode coverage of the show snapped and our patreon is where we do our mixtape it's like um a, a, sometimes it's a mini-sode they're all like at least a half hour i would say some of them might be a little shorter right most of them are 30 to 45 minutes, I would say. Yeah. And then we kind of get, sometimes we'll give like personal updates there too. So it's kind of like our hangout spot. And then we also have Doc Jams. Doc Jams. Which is coverage of different docu-series or documentaries that we find or you yourself request. Yep. So that's on the Patreon. And at the $10 level where you get the Doc Jams, of course, you get everything underneath it. But we also have a private Facebook group where we are 
a little more, um, it's like a little more personal because it's smaller. So $10 and up, you get access to that group. We can hang out in there. So definitely, you know, come check it out. Sure. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's jump it. into it. Bardstown, Kentucky was named the most beautiful small town in America in 2012 and is known as the bourbon capital of the world. Not the United States. The world. That's something to brag about. I would say. Okay. I have two separate country songs <laughs> that I can't get out of my head based on just what you've said so far. We are one, sen- two sentences in. Excuse me. <laughs> So the first one is, that's something to be proud of. Oh, Montgomery Gentry. R.I.P. The other one I think is Montgomery Gentry. Yeah, this is Bardstown. Na, 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 na. It is. They're both Montgomery Gentry. Oh, my God. This is Bardstown. But it's my town. Yeah, but it's. Our town. No, it's my town. My town? Yeah. My town's Bardstown. It fits perfectly. Doesn't it? It does. Thank you. Okay, this conspiracy is getting even bigger because now Montgomery Gentry was in on it. Yeah, I'm scared. I'm scared. And now we've blown the case wide open. Yeah. Yeah. Write that down. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So it has a population of only like 13,000 according to the 2018 census. It's also known for more than its fair share of unsolved mysteries and bizarre cases. It is one of those towns that is literally like... Has your mom and them? <laughs> because, like, you would see people that they interviewed in the case and, like, they would be like, well, I went to the restaurant over here down the corner. I saw them out that night. They didn't talk to us. Like, in even in our town, I feel like it's not, I mean, it's we don't live in L.A., you know, it's not, like, the most giant town, but. It's big enough. I never see anybody I know when I go places. It's never. Rare. Yeah, I just, like, sometimes I think about. Like, I'll, you know, drive, because I drive fairly the same route every day. I'm like, never have seen the same car twice. Although, just the other day when I was driving to work, I saw you. Oh, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) That never happens. Yeah. Well, all right. Blew mine right out of the water. But (laughs) Yeah, yeah. it's not even just like a a somebody that you like, oh, yeah, hey, there's so-and-so. I haven't seen them in forever or whatever. It's your literal sister right in the car next to you. Your actual sister. Yeah. Yeah. Not your fake one. Your literal sister. For sure. Yeah. I also follow you, but that's a different story for a different day. <laughs> Busted. Yeah. Um, there have been questions as to whether the cases are linked, but unfortunately, there's no definitive proof one way or the other. So the the way we're going to do this is first, we're going to look briefly into some of the cases and then take a deeper look into what is, I guess, considered the, not the main case, but the bigger case, just because there's more information available on it. And that's the disappearance of Crystal Rogers. So we will start with the case of Daniel Cahoe. Daniel Dale Cahoe was born on April 21st, 1977 with his identical twin brother, Roger Allen, to Roger Cahoe and Joan Hagen. Oh, and thank you so much to Sloan for researching and writing this case. Yes, you really outdid yourself. Oh my God, we love you, boo. Okay. The boys and their brother, Nathaniel, and they called him Sparky, were all born and raised in Bardstown. Daniel, yeah, this is Bardstown. <laughs> I'm sorry. Daniel was described by many people as a free spirit, happy-go-lucky, and a drifter, but he wasn't homeless or aloof. He just kind of wandered around town and was willing to sleep pretty much anywhere. He loved the outdoors and activities like fishing and hunting. He wasn't one to sit around or be lazy. He had a couple jobs he worked on and off. 
but the one that was the most significant and that he was most known for was working at Boone's Butcher Shop for the past 10 plus years. At Boone's, Daniel did a little bit of everything. He even became friends with the owner's son, Matthew Boone, and Matthew described Daniel as the kind of guy who didn't get stressed out about things and just took one day at a time. In 2011, Daniel was 34 years old, and the most important thing in his life was his 10-year-old son, Daniel Jr. On December 24th of 2011, Daniel spent the day with his son and his dad. They made some basic plans for after Christmas and separated knowing they see each other at Christmas stuff the next day. But Daniel didn't show up. I hate Christmas cases. Like, it's just so sad because it's like, I mean, it's sad any time, but Christmas is hard. And then it's after you lose somebody, holidays and stuff like that are hard anyway. But when it happens on a holiday, you know, it like kind of compounds that. And like, of course, you're going to feel their absence on a holiday but when it happens then it's just like i feel like it completely taints that entire yeah. holiday yeah like sometimes you hope that you can just you know like we we need to be sad we need to understand and like think about that person but then we can kind of salvage the day still mm-hmm. but when something like this happens on an actual like the the actual holiday mm-hmm. i mean it's like chandler and thanksgiving who can't even do it anymore that's true yeah more so. turkey mr chandler <laughs> yeah But Daniel did not show up on Christmas. Despite being a drifter and a free spirit, quote unquote, Daniel wasn't the kind of guy who would skip out on things with his family or friends. His family started looking for him in all the places they could think of. They called his phone, but they didn't get any answers. They contacted anyone they knew that Daniel was friends with and started to wonder if maybe Daniel just went off grid for a while. He was known to do stuff like that, but they did keep trying to reach him. On New Year's Eve, there was an incident where the family realized that something was very wrong with Daniel. This incident didn't involve Daniel, though. So his twin brother, Roger Allen, got into a fight with Edward Eddie O'Brien over a woman, uh, O'Brien's girlfriend, and ended up getting shot in the stomach by O'Brien. Y'all, this town. (laughs) It's okay. Here's what I was thinking when I've like been reading about it and and watching stuff on it because everybody's like it's such a small town what are the odds that there's all these murders but i also just kept thinking like humans gonna human you know what i mean like in a big town in a small town wherever you live the things that humans do still happen there drugs happen Mm -hmm. a lot of times especially like meth and stuff like that in rural areas but there's still drugs in small towns. There's still fights over girls in small towns. There's still dudes who want to skip out on child support in small towns. Oh, yeah. There's still dudes who fly off the handle and strangle their girlfriends because they got pissed in small towns. Like, there's a lot going on, but I just kept thinking, like, unfortunately, there are plenty of garbage humans and they live in big and small towns. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just, it's just crazy. It just, it, feels like so much more because it's like okay now freaking roger got shot i'm like goodness why roger and the thing is i feel like i mean there have been plenty of times that men have gotten in fights over women right happens all the time this episode is brought to you by shopify do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real pos you need shopify for retail from accepting payments to managing inventory 
Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Other than that song, Delilah, I don't know of anybody that got actually attacked. You know, it's not it's not very common. We know of plenty of people who got actually attacked, but it doesn't happen very often. You could just have some choice words. Be mad about it. You don't have to be like, draw. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a duel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's very interesting. Roger ran to a neighbor and was able to get to the hospital with the bullet lodged in his liver. O'Brien was arrested and charged with first-degree assault, tampering with evidence, and possession of a firearm by a convicted felon, but eventually pleaded guilty to the lesser charge of assault under extreme emotional disturbance. While Roger Allen was in the hospital, the family tried to contact Daniel leaving him messages about what happened with his twin. When he still didn't get back to them, they knew something was very, very wrong. Okay, I wonder if the twins had that freaky twin thing where Roger felt it, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm Because sometimes they, twins are amazing to me. I'm so intrigued by twin relationships. Yeah. They like know everything about each other. They sometimes have their own language. Yep. And they can, they have that like sense Yes. When something's wrong. Yeah. And they finish each other's sandwiches. Always. But it's like when they're in the womb and it's the embryo, especially if they're identical, and then they're like, nope, two, split in half, right? Two. It's just two of them. You once were one. And I think that that bond never changes. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And you hear those stories about like when one of them maybe isn't doing so well after and if the other one can touch it and they hug and they hold hands and it's so sweet. Oh, my gosh. And they like save each other. Right. It's so sweet. I just wonder if Roger felt a tingle in his jingles. Possibly. Daniel and Roger Allen's dad, Roger, said he knew something was wrong because Daniel would have been there, but he never showed up. On January 5th, 2011, Tammy Atcher was driving along a very rural road in Spencer County, 15 miles north of Bardstown. This was the kind of road that that was mostly used only by locals and was very remote. When she slowed to go down, to go around a curve, Tammy saw a barn, and in a gap in the side of the barn, she saw a body. Tammy alerted the police. How far off the road was this barn? She's got hell of an eye. You know what I think it was? I think it was from here about right over there. Sounds about right. My son would say, she has credible eyes. Because he can see, like, everything, and we'll be like, Ben, you have incredible eyes. And he's like, he'll, like, point something out. He's like, Mom, I can see that because of my credible eyes. You know what? Both work. 
They do. His eyes are credible. Yeah, because he definitely sees something. The police came and found the body. There was no ID or anything on the body to hint at who it was. It wasn't until the body was with the medical examiner that it was identified as Daniel. The autopsy showed that Daniel was shot in the head once at point-blank range, but the wound was not self-inflicted. No further details were released, like the weapon or ammo or directionality. This is a big thing in essentially all of the murders in Bardstown. The police literally released no information. And they say that they're doing it because... They don't want to give away, like, sensitive information that only a killer would know. Yeah, because they don't want fake confessions and tips and stuff like that coming in. But you need something out there. You need something out there eventually. And, like, what the... uh, One of the, I guess, private investigators said was, like, okay, you're going in this direction. You're going down this path for so long. It's not panning out for you. Maybe now let's try and take this path and see what happens. Because... You're not getting anywhere. So maybe release some. The public can help. You know, there Mm -hmm. are some things that the public can help with. So, of course, a lot of people are are really frustrated about that. Meanwhile, Daniel's dad was still looking for him. He had stated he had started thinking that it was time to report Daniel missing and had decided that he would go do that the next day. Then there was a knock on the door. The next day, instead of reporting Daniel missing, he told his family that Daniel was dead. Daniel's death was labeled as a homicide, and Kentucky State Police Detective Stephen Spurlock and Spencer County Sheriff Buddy Stump. Buddy Stump. (laughs) Aw. Sloan wrote in here a little funny coincidence, I guess, or something, um, from the movie Fried Green Tomatoes, which is so great, but, you know, cry central. Mm -hmm. The kid was named Buddy, and then when he lost his arm, they called him Stump. I'm assuming this guy had both of his arms, but it is a coincidence, yeah. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. They worked together and began their investigation. It was determined that Daniel most likely died on January 2nd. The police didn't get any new information from the places that Daniel hung out or his friends, and no one knew of anyone that Daniel would have known in Spencer County. Apparently, it's mostly woods and farms there, so 
what would Daniel have been doing there? He didn't even drive, so he rarely left Bardstown. I wonder why, though, he went missing on the 25th. So if they think he died on the 2nd, that's seven days. Eight days? I mean, that's a while. If it's seven days, he definitely watched a videotape in some hotel room. Yeah. Ugh. There were theories that maybe in his wanderings, he wandered up to something he shouldn't have, but the police determined that drugs didn't appear to be something that Daniel was into. He smoked a little weed, but that was it. He did have a tendency to do odd jobs for some cash, which could be a tendency of a drug dealer, they said, but there was nothing that suggested this was how Daniel got money. The Unresolved podcast, um, Sloan listened to this for some information, and he did maybe a five-part series on it. I can't remember. It's very, very well done. This guy, um, I believe his name is Michael Whelan. I've listened to him before. He is so thorough. So, like, if you want a super deep dive, check out Unresolved Podcast. He presented an interesting theory that maybe Daniel was mistaken for his twin. The two identical men had been shot just days apart. The podcast said that investigators didn't think the two were linked, were linked, but the theory is very interesting. Daniel's case is still considered an open investigation that occasionally gets investigated, but is one of the unsolved cases on Bardstown's books. Roger, Daniel's dad, has raised $5,000 for a reward with anyone for information that leads to an arrest. Anyone with information is encouraged to call Kentucky State Police at 502-227-2221. It would be kind of crazy, though, if it was a mistaken identity kind of thing. That is interesting. Eddie, who shot Roger, mm-hmm. right? I'm sure however many days, what, two days later, he's like, you some bitch, I thought I popped you yesterday. And then, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I wonder, too, if he did a lot of odd jobs. So one case that's kind of sticking out in my mind is the Todd Colehep case. We did that. That was our third episode, and we did it with other cases. But... He was in South Carolina, and he kidnapped a woman and her boyfriend, and they were at his farm, like, just doing kind of some odd jobs for him, but for whatever reason, I mean, because he wanted the woman, so he kidnapped the woman and stuck her down in that hole and chained her up or whatever, but he killed the guy immediately because he's like, I have no use for you. Now, obviously, like... Daniel wasn't with a woman or anything like that, but I wonder just if doing odd jobs maybe put him into contact with somebody that was a dangerous person or whatever. Did he see something he shouldn't have seen or, or whatever it is? Well, I mean, let's look at the Craigslist killer. Mm-hmm. He, you could very easily say, because I don't know how he got the jobs, the odd jobs that he was getting, but what if he got on Craigslist or a classified yeah. or whatever? Right. just showed up at someone's house. Yeah, or if he's just like, you know, kind of hanging around town, just doing whatever he wants to do. Somebody just comes up to him and says, oh, hey, I have a job. I heard you do, you know, you can do a job for somebody or whatever. So maybe there's not a phone connection with this person, you know, and if they're paying him cash, there's not. Well, we've seen he's received a check from this person before. Let's go talk to them. Sure. So PayPal, Venmo, something. Yeah, it just kind of puts you into maybe just contact with some extra people that are just harder to trace. Two years after Daniel was found dead, another tragedy hit Bardstown. This time it was a local police officer. So this is the case of Jason Scott Ellis. 
He was born on September 22, 1979, to Pam and Charles, who went by Denny Ellis. He had two sisters, Lacey and Kelly, and his family lived in Batavia, Ohio. And if I'm not saying that right, sorry, never been there. During his childhood, he became a baseball star. He played on his high school team and then in college at the University of the Cumberlands in Wilmington, Kentucky. He even broke records that are still held by him today. While at college in 2001, he went to a Valentine's Day party held by a friend. At the party, Jason met Amy Phillips. Amy said she knew he was the one for her after their first date. That was probably because even though Amy had accidentally double-booked herself that night for plans with both Jason and her mom, Jason was unscathed. He showed up to pick up both women with a bouquet of roses for each. Oh my gosh. What a sweetie. That is adorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it didn't just win over Amy. It went over her mama too. Oh, for sure. She was like, uh, m- y'all are getting married on the spot. Mm-hmm. Like this is now your wedding day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By Christmas of 2002, they were engaged and they were married in October of 2004. His mama raised him right. <laughs> During this time, Jason had been signed to and was playing with the Cincinnati Reds, which was a baseball team. I had to look that up. Yeah. But after they were married and Amy got pregnant, he quit baseball in favor of his family because he'd always wanted a family. So two weeks after he officially quit baseball, his son Hunter was born. Hunter was born with Down syndrome and was the love of their lives. Two years after Hunter was born, they had another boy named Parker. After Hunter's birth, Jason went back to an old childhood dream of being a police officer, and in 2006, Jason joined the Bardstown Police Department. He was a canine officer with his German Shepherd Figo. He also won Officer of the Year in 2008. He was the perfect small-town cop, according to Tom Roby, who was the former captain of the police department and also Crystal's uncle. So that's like another thing, because Bardstown is so small, it's like, Everyone you talk to is related to somebody in one of these cases. Yeah, it's like the two degrees of Kevin Bacon or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Seven degrees, whatever. Um, Jason and Figo were responsible for a bunch of drug-related arrests in the area. Apparently, everyone loved Jason, and he was rarely ever in a bad mood. His family told Stephanie Bauer from the Oxygen Special that Jason didn't bring work home, so they said that like when he was at home, he was at home. He didn't... His wife didn't know about any of the investigations he was working on. He didn't come home and tell her about any of that stuff because he didn't want her to worry. So he literally just kept it at work, which is a good thing. But in this situation, it makes it hard because if there is going to believe some kind, if there is going to be some kind of a cover up with the police department, you don't have another person who says, well, I know he was working on X, Y, Z. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So kind of a a dead end, unfortunately, for if it was related to work in any way. Mm -hmm. Jason worked evening shifts and usually got off in the middle of the night. He typically worked the 4 p.m. to 2 a.m. shift. And on the last few days he was alive, he, he worked those hours. On May 24th, 2013, Jason's canine equipped vehicle was in the shop. So he was just in a regular cruiser and it wasn't equipped for figo so figo stayed home that night he just didn't bring him to work he and amy had kind of passed by each other all day he was asleep when she got up to take the boys to school and then he was off to work when she was bringing them home 
Then he showed up for a bit at Parker's t-ball game, which he coached with his friend and colleague, Andrew Riley, but then he was called away for work. He and Amy finally connected at around 11 p.m. They talked and said their I love yous. Jason calls dispatch and says 139 thanks, which is signing off for the night. On his daily route home, so he took the same route every day. Mm Mm-hmm. Just after midnight on May 25th, 2015, Jason's usual exit, 34, is obstructed by something in the road. So there's like branches on the road. So instead of him driving around it, he's off duty. He stops and he goes to get these branches out of the way. Unfortunately, those branches were planned. Purpose. Yeah. yeah. And he gets out to remove them and he's shot by at least one unknown assailant with a shotgun or shotguns and hit multiple times in the chest abdomen right arm and head area he was hit with two different types of ammunition and was dead within minutes approximately 10 to 15 minutes later a teenage boy being the dd for some adult family members including his mom approached the stalled cop car with the lights on and the driver door open he didn't get out immediately Chad Monroe was also approaching at about this time on his way home from his job at the distillery. He pulled up behind the boy's Toyota, and at about 2.36 a.m., he gets out. First, Chad checks with the Toyota to see if they knew what was going on, and he didn't, so he goes up to the cruiser. Chad found an officer lying in the middle of the road in a pool of blood. He ran back to the Toyota to tell them to call the police, and then he returned to the officer to attempt CPR. The mom from the Toyota climbed into Jason's cruiser and used his radio to call dispatch. Andrew Riley is one of the first officers on the scene. He first thought Jason had been hit by a car and there was gravel all over him, but then he realized he was looking at buckshot from the shotguns that had killed Jason. Jason still had the tree limbs in his left hand. Oh my goodness. So it was literally like he was bent down to pick him up. He's, he starts to stand up, and that's when he's hit, and he just falls just like that. His hand is still holding those, holding those branches. There would be a $200,000 reward posted, and the police chief vowed justice and vengeance in a press conference. It wasn't a traffic stop that went bad. It wasn't an arrest that went bad. That, that someone actually took the time to plan it um, and set it up um, makes it that much more um, obviously hurtful, but it... it uh, it makes you mad. It's an eye for an eye. You kill one of my guys. Um, I'm not going to rest till I have you in, in cuffs or on the front side of a weapon. And I mean that. But the case didn't go very far and it went cold. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. The Bardstown Money Gang and some members were implicated and caught bragging about being responsible a few times, but there was never enough to prove that their talk was anything more than that. The Kentucky State Police said that they looked into all of Jason's old cases to see if there were any leads there. They have 10 three-inch binders full of their investigation into Jason's case. Four years after Jason was murdered, Figo died after being ill for a while. He was 11 and had been living with some family members of Jason and Amy's. He was cremated and eventually buried next to Jason. Mm. Amy and the boys moved away, and after five years, Amy met someone and fell in love. She remarried, and Jason's family has approved of him, saying that if Jason could have picked someone else for Amy, he'd pick this guy. In 2017, Kentucky State Police brought back two retired detectives who worked full-time on Jason's case, but not just on Jason's case. Bardstown had some other unsolved cases they were also looking into. Man, Sloan, the segues into each case. You done good, girl. Yeah, I mean, this is really good. I'm going to fuck it up. Yeah, but no, you definitely will. Because I was thinking, like, with the with the Jason Ellis case, if somebody put those branches there, mm-hmm. how do you know for sure that he's going to be the person to stop? I mean, I guess, I guess if somebody else stopped and moved him, you could just go move him back, depending on where you are. But don't you think it had to be someone with a police scanner to know that he was signing off? They would have to know his call number sign or whatever those things are called because he's 139. Mm-hmm. So they have to know his whatever that is. Called a code. Is it? Okay. I don't know. Let's oh. call it one. Okay. Oh, we'll call it a code. Yeah. So they would have to know that. They obviously know which exit he takes because they have it on the ramp. Mm-hmm. Well, don't you think they've probably been following him? I would think. And so it's like. Yeah, you're going to probably cross by there about the same time, but it was a few minutes later that other cars start to approach. So, like, what are the odds that somebody else doesn't stop, move it, and then he drives right behind them, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just interesting. How do you make sure that that's that your target is the one that actually gets there? But they, they had to have known about him that he would stop, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm sure there's people that would drive right on by it. I would. Yeah, I would. But I'm a tiny woman. Yeah, especially at night. Yeah, I'd be scared. I have no idea. It's no. wishful thinking. Good luck. I don't know. I know. Isn't that weird? Like, mm-hmm. but they have literally have no leads, basically. So crazy. Yeah. All right. So that was 2013. Then we get another unsolved case in 2017. Kathy and Samantha Netherland. Kathy Harden was born in Shelbyville, Kentucky on September 7th, 1965. She married a man named Robert Bob Netherland, and they had two daughters, Holly and Samantha. 
She went on to get master's degrees in vocational rehab, family studies, and later special education. She realized her passion for special education late, but once she discovered it, she made moves to become a special education teacher by getting the master's and then getting a job at Bardstown Elementary School. Kathy was 48 years old and had been working there for seven years by 2014. Kathy didn't leave her passion for special education at work. She also volunteered for the Special Olympics and donated money. She was a devout Christian who took her family to the Parkway Baptist Church every Sunday. Unfortunately, in July of 2013, she would be there for her husband's funeral. Bob had lost a battle with colon cancer, leaving Kathy and their daughters, Holly, who was a sophomore in college, and Samantha, who was still in high school. Samantha was 16 years old in 2014, born December 20, 1997, and was one of the best students in her school. She was a member of a number of clubs, the Academic Team, Women in Science, Adventure Club, Young Leaders Program, and the School Honor Choir. My goodness. I haven't done any of that collectively over the entirety of my stint in school. Exactly. I'm like, I did one thing like one time. Yeah, that's amazing. I was in band to get out of gym. <laughs> yeah. I had a job. Well, yeah. I, I was, in, too, I was for, in DECA. Not very long. Yeah. Yeah, This that's amazing. Samantha had also been accepted into an early college entrance program with Western Kentucky University called the Gatton Academy Program. She wanted to be a marine biologist and work at an aquarium. Other than being a superstar student, Samantha loved doing regular teenager stuff like hanging out with her friends and playing video games. She also loved Def Leppard as well as other 80s hair metal bands, but specifically Def Leppard. According to the Unresolved podcast, her sister said that Samantha could identify any Def Leppard song just from the opening guitar riffs. Wow. Oh, yeah. Samantha. Yeah. Samantha's prom was coming up at the end of April, and she and her mom had just gone dress shopping the weekend before, when on April 22nd, 2014, which was a Tuesday, neither Kathy or Samantha showed up for school. Neither school knew the other person was absent until they talked later that day. Samantha was a punctual kid, and Kathy always called work if she was going to be late or absent, so the school officials started reaching out to people on the emergency contact list and got a hold of Kathy's dad slash Samantha's grandfather, Norris Harden. Holly remembers her aunt calling her saying they can't find Kathy and Samantha. Norris went to the house to check on the mother and daughter and found that Kathy's car was still in the driveway. Then he went inside and saw that saw what no parent or grandparent should ever see. Kathy and Samantha had both been brutally murdered. So horrible. Mm -hmm. Norris called the police and Kathy's sister, Stacy Hibbard, who came to the house too. Holly had to be called at school to learn that in less than a year, her whole family was gone. Can you imagine? Gosh, I mean, they're already, you know, having to go through the loss of their father. Mm -hmm. And then her mother and sister are murdered. That's both cases seem to be really, really difficult battles. Mm-hmm. And they probably didn't end pretty either way. Yes. Yeah. She said that her first thought was that there had been a gas leak or something until the police wanted to question her. I mean, yeah, of course, you're not going to think like... Somebody killed... Yeah, somebody broke mm-hmm. in and murdered them. On Monday, April 28, 2014, a funeral was held for Kathy and Samantha. The caskets had to be closed because of the brutality of the murders. And two days later, they were buried next to Bob. 
Samantha was buried in the prom dress she had just bought. Oh, God, that's so sad. That is so sad. On May 2nd, 2014, there was a memorial ceremony where purple, which was Kathy's favorite color, and baby blue, Samantha's, uh, balloons were released, and Samantha's favorite Def Leppard song played. It's believed that they were murdered around 8 p.m. on the 21st of April, and two months after their deaths in June, the death certificates were released saying that Kathy had been shot multiple times and had a deep cut on her neck, while Samantha had appeared to be the main target since she was horrifically beaten with serious head wounds and a slash across her neck. The deep cut to her neck was the cause of death listed on Samantha's death certificate. There was no known motive and nothing of value appeared to be missing from the house. The type of ammo and weapon, as well as the, as well as the extent of Kathy's injuries, were all kept confidential. But the level of violence toward Kathy and Samantha suggested that the perpetrators knew them. It's also suggested that there was more than one perpetrator due to the report that Kathy and Samantha had been in separate rooms. Kathy in the living room and Samantha in the utility room as if trying to get to the back door when they were attacked and possibly when they were murdered as well as the report that this all took place in about 10 minutes, meaning it's less likely that only one person was responsible. The speed also hints that the attack was planned. Well, yeah, if there was one person responsible, it would be really difficult to wrangle both of them at the same time. Yeah, unless you're talking about gunshot, gunshot, done. Totally, but that's not the case. That's not the case, yeah. This is vicious and brutal beating. Oh, yes. On the part of Samantha. That takes effort and and some time. Holly noted that she doesn't think that whoever did this knew much about their family and hadn't been to their house. She said that the house had been built in three sections, so there were three outside doors. Holly said that the family always used the side door instead of the front door because that was in the oldest part of the house where the house had settled, making the door really difficult to open. There was a vehicle that was reported leaving the area around that time and was one of three caught on security cameras. This one was finally closer to being identified after a few months, a newish, like, 2006 to 2013 model black Chevy Impala. The security camera stills from a nearby convenience store were circulated to look for the car, but the car was never fully identified because they couldn't make out the license plate. They could tell it didn't have the chrome strip on the side. It did have a small antenna over the rear windshield, and the windows did not appear to be tinted. There were hundreds of tips about this car, but nothing solid. There were 20,000 vehicles that matched the description in Kentucky alone. Wow. So. It just seems like such, if you know the exact make and model, you'd be like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. We can, we can work with that. Because yeah. in a small town of 10,000 people, but the one thing I do know about cars is that you can go all over the place with them. So it doesn't have to just be in that town? Yeah, yeah. But, I, I mean, you could start in the town. I mean, because how many... Where would you start exactly? In Bardstown. Yeah. yeah. Because the likelihood is, especially if Samantha was targeted and they think it was somebody that knew them, I mean, just start in Bardstown and work your way out. Start with black Impalas there. There can't be that many in Bardstown alone. If there's 20,000 in the whole state of Kentucky, that's still 7,000 more people than in Bardstown altogether. Mm-hmm. Like, there's got to be much less in Bardstown. Get it together. Well, and they've had how many years of looking into these kinds of things? Like, 
In that amount of time alone, you could very easily go through all 20,000 of those vehicles and just check it out, you know? Yeah. Why has nobody called body moving? Mm-mm. John I Green? I do not know. He will find that car. On the internet, a web sleuth named Mui Curioso? Oh, okay, yeah, because... Very curious. Yes. Did a deep dive into Kathy and Samantha's social media profiles and found that Kathy had posted about a disturbance at their house on New Year's Eve. It said, earlier this afternoon, we heard a noise. I thought one of our two cats had knocked over something. We didn't find anything disturbed, so we thought it was nothing. Boy, were we wrong. A little while ago, Holly opens up our front door to go up outside and pick up mail and finds both glass panes in our screen door shattered. We have taken pics and I've carefully removed loose pieces of glass and the glass frames. All the shattered glass pieces have been swept up off the front porch. Guess I'll be heading to Lowe's tomorrow to find replacements. Crazy how unexpected events happen. Kathy eventually just wrote this off as a rogue gust of wind, but Mui, Mui, Mui Curioso. <laughs> What's saying Mui? I, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Wasn't having any of that explanation. They researched the wind patterns of the area at the time and determined that, in fact, the winds were at a record low. Definitely not enough wind to slam a door and shatter the glass. I do wish partly that I could prescribe to that kind of like, oh, okay, that's probably nothing. I wish that I could do that. I know, me too, because I'm like, I mean, the other day our pipes made a noise and Tori and I were convinced that there was a ghost cat living in the house. It meowed perfectly. I mean, it did. It really sounded like a meow. And then turns out the case was solved. It was the toilet. Yeah. Or as some people call it, the commode. Ugh. I hate it. I hate it too. Kathy posted a picture of their Christmas decorations and the door was fine, but then at the crime scene, there's obvious damage to the wood paneling. At the beginning of the investigation, the police did what they usually do and looked at the people closest to the victims. Unfortunately, in this case, the only family member left was Holly, and she said she was questioned a lot. The only motive was that she wanted the inheritance money from her dad's death, but couldn't get that with her mom and sister still around. However, Holly was cleared quickly as there was no evidence that she was involved. Actually, Holly ended up giving most of her $50,000 inheritance toward the reward for any information that leads to an arrest. There still has been no arrest made in this case or any leads. Holly has since gotten married and is still hopeful that there will be answers. Mm. It's so sad. That is so sad. And that's, we haven't even got to Crystal Rogers yet. What is happening in Bardstown? I know. And then once we get into Crystal Rogers, there's going to be two other murders that we'll talk about in addition to these. I'm too sad about it. Let's quit. I know. It's too much. I'm just like, all these, this poor town. It's mm-hmm. just like. They've suffered so much. Yeah. And I just really feel like in Bardstown, they're ki- like, just start with all the black impalas in Bardstown. I'll do it. Where can I find the list? Mm-hmm. Like, we need the detectives that were on the movie The Cell because all they did was took a scrape of paint <laughs> from a guardrail and tire tracks and they were like, oh, 
Mm. And then one... An albino dog. Exactly. The dog <laughs> hair. Yeah. They were like, and there's only one person in the entire United States of America that has that dog and we know who it is. It's Carl. Yes. Yeah. It's a rare animal indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So we will get to part two next week. Um, of course, if you are a Patreon patron, you'll get it, you know, right the second. So if you don't want to wait, go check it out. Or as Torella's toilet calls it, right? Meow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we do have a couple of shout outs we want to do before we let you guys go. Thank you so much for joining Christina Garavrick. Chantal Francis. I've never been this stumped. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to spell it. I'm so sorry. Y-L-I-M-E. I'm positive it's beautiful. I just don't know how to say it. So uh, write in and let us know because I would love to know how yes, to say please. that. A. Dunk. Haley Stagnita. Blair Hamilton. Kelly Stamey. April. Pam Cree. Ashley Coron- Coronado. Danielle Harmon. Deborah. Judy Pierce. Alexandria Pugliese, Jennifer Inoxen, Kylie Carroll, Kelly Milliken. Thank you so much. Hey girl, thanks. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this case. Connect with us on Instagram or Facebook to continue the conversation. Thanks for listening and we will meet you back here next week. Bye. The theme song for the show is created and composed by Stephen Toby. You can find more of Stephen's work on SoundCloud. Our logo was created by Sloane Williams of Sophisticated Crayon. You can find more of her work on Etsy. Visit us at KillerQueensPodcast.com for merch and other info about the show. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.